Welcome back to another market update brought to you by the team from Mikado.com.au. Today it will be myself, Andrew Whitelaw, talking about grains and Matt Delgleish talking about livestock markets. We'll start off with grains. Uh, the market's really been in Australia a bit range-bound over the past week. When we look at ASX, it's really been in quite a narrow band uh, the trading of it. It's been really between about 356 to 358 and then this afternoon it's fallen down a little bit since then to about 354, 355. So it's really struggling to get past uh, that sort of 360 and stay there. I think there's a lot of uh, potential volatility on the way. We don't really know what's going to happen with the crop. We're about four weeks away from harvest and that's when we'll really see is it as bad as people are saying. Will we have enough to meet domestic demand on the East Coast? Will we have to try and ship more from the West? That's all the questions that will be answered probably in the next six weeks or so. Overnight, we had the USDA report with their uh, World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates, their monthly report. Um, I was expecting uh, really nothing of that much interest into this report. Uh, a lot of analysts around the world from a lot of the brokerage and trading houses were expecting big falls to corn. Uh, it didn't really happen and I'm quite surprised to see so many analysts uh, quite uh, shocked by the fact that the USDA didn't well surprise them by keeping things quite similar to what they were before. As we know, the market's really been chasing corn over the past uh, six months, really. And when I say that, I mean the wheat market's been chasing corn. Uh, the USDA have really left uh, yields uh, pretty high, a lot higher than expected by most analysts, which in turn caused a surprise to the analysts, causing a surprise to the trade. And then we've seen corn prices deteriorate. Uh, bit more bullish for oil seeds and uh, that uh, has helped the oil seed price and we were concerned for farmers in the US back in June well, and, and even before then that the trade flows with into China uh, and high potential high end stocks where uh, we're going to keep prices depressed that's not really happened now uh, it's looking fairly bullish and it's looking like probably you know being relatively higher than it was last year. On the, on the US side of things, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the USDA report can only really comment on what has happened. They're not going to comment on, you know, what is about to occur potentially, but we do have a lot of uh, potential concerns with uh, frosty weather. So the planting of the corn crop was a bit late, so therefore it's going to be a bit later for harvesting and there is some potentially very cold weather on its way to the north of the US which will bring you know frosts and snow which will you know potentially have an impact on yield and quality so we shall see what happens to that over the next couple of days but uh, yeah it's the market is the market and I think it's going to be an interesting one over the next couple of weeks uh, but overall I think when you look at that there's not much in the way of uh, other than that uh, frost on the way. There's not many bullish factors for wheat out there on the global basis. On Australian basis, well, it really is a case of uh, what's happened here is, is what's important and the drought is obviously the big driver of pricing. Still yet to see us going as high as last year and I don't think we will go as high as last year. 
uh, there is a potential, you know, for for a bit more upside. Likewise, as uh, you know, we probably potentially for the next week or two we could stay in this sort of 350 to 360 trading range. I'm going to pass you off to Matt, and he's going to cover off on the livestock market. Thanks for that, Andrew. So in livestock markets this week, we've been seeing a couple of interesting developments. And if you trace it back to the source, both of them appear to still be the African swine fever impact that's coming out of China. If we look at cattle markets first, the key thing this week we noted was a increase to the 90CL imported beef grinding price. That's a key, one of the key indicators we look at when we're assessing North American markets for beef. And that indicator this week hit 7.50 cents a kilo CIF. It's a record uh, high. Previously, back in September 2015, was the last time we were near these levels, and that was uh, 7.44 cents the previous high. So what's underlining that increase in the 90CL is really the uh, fact that both New Zealand beef product, as in ground beef product, and Australian ground beef product that has been making its way to the US has been down in volumes. And so that's forcing new US consumers of that product to to bid up for the available stock. And the New Zealand product and the Australian product being diverted across in part to China to satisfy some of the increased demand for protein to fill the gap created by the African swine fever there. Uh, another interesting development for beef cattle markets has been the Bureau of Meteorology uh, revision to their three-month outlook. Still not the greatest of outlooks uh, for the next three months, but um, a little bit less brown uh, on the on the charts there. So it does show that there's pretty much in some areas that were uh, not, a, not looking as good last, uh, last fortnight when the um, Bureau released their outlook, but now there's areas of the country that could have um, a 30% chance of slightly above average rainfall. So um, that paints a little bit of a a, a better picture, although um, still fairly significant parts of the country that are going to be um, continuing on with this dry spell. So we'll have to just see how that develops and, and fingers crossed we get some rain in the areas that need it. Turning to sheep and lamb markets, I guess the story can be traced back to ASF, but we have been seeing uh, at the sale yard some um, significant uh, competition for, for lamb and, and certainly even for mutton. Uh, mutton prices have been uh, increasing over the last few weeks and uh, driving that is really an export-led factor. If we look at the numbers coming through, we are starting to see in Victoria some increase to uh, lamb supply. So if we go back to, say, a month ago, current supply or, or throughput levels uh, just recently are about 100% or just over 100% higher than what we were seeing in Victoria a month ago. So that signals that we are starting to see the beginning of the, uh, the lamb spring flush. Usually when we see those bigger numbers start to come through and the bulk of them really hasn't hit us yet, they tend to come through more into late October through November, but we are seeing that there are increased numbers starting to present. Normally when we see those numbers we, we start to see prices ease. Um, however this week across uh, the eastern states uh, all, pretty much all uh, lamb indicators and the mutton indicator were all higher despite this increasing supply. What's driving that by the looks of things if we um, on, on Mercado we had a look at this a week ago where we were um, taking uh, account of the most recently updated export figures from the Department of Agriculture and Water Resources. Uh, we have seen significant increases again now in our sheep meat exports into China. So again, same story, filling that void from ASF-related uh, uh, impacts on the pork industry there in China. If you look at both of those, uh, the lamb and the mutton export markets, it's mutton that's really taken off uh, over September. 
and indeed if you if you take a measurement from the July figures in uh, mutton exports into China to the to the September figures the export levels are up over 208 uh, percent so you know, significant jump uh, in in demand and we're seeing it at the sale yard certainly uh, Ballarat this week uh, the, the price for uh, for mutton was um, was significantly higher than normal for this time of the year and most of the agents there are saying that the export buyers have been quite active to um, to fill orders into the networks and send those that product overseas the interesting thing for sheep and lamb markets as we move further into the spring flush is going to be uh, the dynamic between that increasing export demand where we're expecting out of China uh, continuing through the end of the year and, and obviously against the, the increasing supply it's going to be a bit of a tussle to see uh, whether this supply will eventually overwhelm that demand and we see prices ease. It's, it's starting to look like that we won't see the depth of the uh, price decline we usually see in spring for uh, certainly for trade lamb and the trade lamb indicator. Previously we'd anticipated uh, a low coming into you know, late November of around the 7.30 cent level for uh, the ESTLI. Uh, with the growth we've started to see out of uh, export demand, I'm starting to question whether we will see uh, a low as, uh, as um, shallow as 7.30 cents. Uh, the potential is um, that, that this added demand could see sheep and, and lamb markets tend to track sideways at a time when they normally should be coming off. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that in the coming weeks just to see uh, what, what transpires there. That's it for the week for me and I'll pass back to you. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for the update, Matt. To you, our dear listeners, we only ask one thing. Please leave a review on iTunes. Uh, leave a rating. It takes you two seconds to go in there and click five star. And uh, if you have any ideas for podcasts you'd like us to cover or ideas on how we can improve this podcast, please let us know. We will take all your feedback on board. I hope you all have a good, safe weekend. Have a good one. Goodbye.